0: Eight nine seven seven seven, or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com/ football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources if you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting you've come to the right place it's the even money podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Bezik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas, it is the Even Money Podcast, and it's presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use the code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. He is Steve Fezik, the only, say with me, two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Westgate Super Contest, and we have him. Every single week here on the Even Money Podcast. You can and should follow him on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. I, of course, am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. You know the deal. Five teams, seven years, a bunch of podcasts. Today, we already had the Ross Tucker football podcast with Rich Eisen talking about the NFL 100 series on NFL Network with Bill Belichick and Chris Collinsworth as well as the Hall of Fame speeches and the expanded class next year they're proposing an instant replay. Really good Ross Tucker football podcast today. And depending on when you're listening to this, we also have a fantasy feast with Christopher Harris from Harris Football talking about some of his big takeaways from training camp and week one in the NFL so far, preseason week one at least. Speaking of fantasy, I should mention if you are into best ball, It is all about Yahoo Fantasy. I love best ball. It's my favorite form of fantasy football. Evan Silva feels the same way. You don't need to do a thing once you actually drafted your team. Each week, the top scoring players at each position on your roster automatically count towards your weekly score. Boom. No waiver wire. No trades. It's just not the fun part of it. I like they just insert whoever your best guys are. The draft is the best thing. You can draft up the 50 best ball teams if you want. Join the league today at yahoo.com slash best ball. And it's coming soon also to the Yahoo Fantasy app. But right now, yahoo.com slash best ball. Yahoo! All right, Steve. So let's start with preseason week one and what happened in preseason week one that we should make note of at all, whether it's for the regular season or preseason week two. There wasn't really, Steve there I, I can't think was there any injury that, that affected any lines or anything? I mean, I know like there were some injuries, but I, I don't remember there being anyone significant enough that it was something that would affect you know, regular season week one lines or wind tolls or anything, right?
1: I think the only one would be, you know, Philly's Sudfeld going down. So they're backup quarterbacks. So that won't impact anything other than if Wentz does get injured, big problem for the Eagles.
0: Right. And, you know, I have some insight into that. I know that there are reports that he'll be out for six weeks. So that would make him really only miss the first few weeks of the regular season. I don't know, we'll see. My guess is, and this is just a guess, I have no inside information, that Cody Kessler will play a lot on Thursday night in Jacksonville so that the Eagles can see whether or not they're comfortable with him being the backup for those first few weeks before Sudfeld comes back. That absolutely, though, does, Steve, I think have an impact on preseason betting lines for the Eagles and other teams the next few weeks. Because I I would imagine, you know, I wonder, I guess, if that makes the Eagles more hesitant to play some of their starters. And then, you know, right now it might just be Cody Kessler and Clayton Thorson, who didn't play very well the other night against the Titans, might just be those two guys against the Jaguars, who I think will play Foles. You know, it's, it's their home opener. You know, Foles is their big ticket guy. He's playing the Eagles. And... They want to get him some time, I think. So, you know, if, if you're looking at preseason week two lines, I do think that that could affect that.
1: Yes, and, and the question is when you get a team that looked as bad as Jacksonville did week one, normally you want to tend to go ahead and hold your nose and back them because no team likes to be embarrassed back-to-back weeks. So when a team has a horrible week one performance, they're probably going to play their starters a little bit more week two.
0: Yeah, they played almost like nobody and got smashed by the Ravens. Before we get, though, to week two, I did want to get more of your thoughts on week one. And I guess in this sense, Steve, you know, Daniel Jones for the Giants looked pretty good. So the question there is what does that mean in terms of the Giants' early season, regular season? betting lines, and or season win totals. Like, Do you think that that makes it more likely that Daniel Jones starts earlier in the year? And I know you're not a real big fan of young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, so what does that mean?
1: Yeah, so that's an, it's a negative for the Giants because the earlier that Jones plays during the year, and we all expect at some point he's going to get some playing time, the um, more bearish we are on the Giants, Because we know what we got with Eli, a very much bottom-tier quarterback. He's my 31st quarterback in the league. But um, I've seen this movie before. When Jones comes in, it's a complete rebuilding year. And uh, there will be some learning pains. And because of that, the Giants will not do well the last four games, the last eight games, the last 12 games, whenever he happens to hit the field.
0: So basically, the better Jones plays in the preseason – the worse it is for the Giants' regular season win total as well as their betting lines for those games, right?
1: Correct, unless he suddenly transforms into Joe Montana and he is just so good that we have to upgrade his, you know, what we expect from him as a starting quarterback, but that's unrealistic. So yes, the better Jones does, the worse it is for the Giants this current year.
0: Yeah, I guess I was gonna say, um, what is that like? What what if he's good? You know, I mean, what like sometimes these guys end up being a lot better than we think they're going to be right away.
1: It won't be enough um, data points to really be able to evaluate it, though. So um, the fact that it's only you know only four games, and frankly, I just don't expect that he'll be good all four games. We'll see.
0: What about Kyler Murray, Steve? I mean, he looked pretty good too.
1: Yeah, I gave him a B plus. Obviously, I had to start on his own 2-yard line, not an ideal situation. Drove his team out to about the 40. Uh, looked mobile. Um, so it looks like, you know, the offense very much designed to have him rolling out, moving all over the field, which would be proper. So, I give I gave Murray a B plus on a limited data sample.
0: So, my only other question, I guess, is do you look at I know you look at how much starters play? for potentially good spots week two I know that but in terms of week one do you look at like which teams play their starters and what that might mean like I thought it was interesting that the Saints and the Vikings played their start now Breeze didn't play but other than that the Saints and the Vikings played their starters you know Andy Dalton and the Bengals against Mahomes and the Chiefs it's like certain teams said we are going to have our starters and then other ones aren't. It's kind of weird. Does do you take anything from that in terms of what that means for how the coach is feeling about them? Or is it just, nah, just coach is deciding the, that's how he wants to do it. It doesn't really impact anything.
1: It doesn't impact stuff going forward, I, I don't think. So, you know, one theme I will have is that it sure seemed like the coaching tendencies dominated any, any other factors week one. So what coaches like to win? Well, Harbaugh's won 14 straight games now. So he was 13 and 0. So Baltimore absolutely crushes the, uh, Jacksonville and Mike Zimmer likes to win. He's got a strong preseason record. Vikings roll. Um, the, Pete Carroll likes to win. You know, they did well. So, um, you know, Quinn lost again with Atlanta. He's lost 10 straight preseason games. Um, So Garrett and McVay, Dallas and the Rams don't care about preseason. They both lost. So it did seem like if there was one theme that the coaching tendencies definitely bore out week one.
0: Yep, I would agree with that. That certainly seems the case. I would also say this, Steve, Now this might sound silly, but if you're going to play – Starters in the preseason at all, which it's becoming less and less. I guess I wonder: could you make the argument that if you are going to play them, play them like week one of the preseason, so that if they do get some little injury or something, that there's more time? You know, the 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 track record has always been that they don't play the guys until you know. Well, let me let me take a step back. It used to be. In the first preseason game, you'd play like a quarter, and then that gradually like dissipated to playing a series or two. Like we saw, and by the way, I, I thought it was interesting how many starters looked good. You know, Jameis Winston and Dalton, I mean, you know, they went right down the field and, and marched. So that's kind of what it's become now, is that you either don't play them at all, or if you do play them, you just play them a little bit in the first one, and then more week two, more week three, and not at all week four, which I get. I get not at all week four, but I guess I would argue if you're going to only play them in a couple preseason games, why not play them the first week so that if somebody does suffer some type of minor injury, you, you got more time before that first game.
1: Yeah, I guess the question just comes down to uh, will they be rusty if they haven't played for three weeks? And we we talk about this in the playoffs when a team just has one week off. You know, does that matter? Does that layoff hurt you? So I think that's why teams have landed on hey, the bulk of the week of the work let's do week three, and that way there's only a 14 day instead of a 21 day layoff.
0: Anything else gets you excitable? You know, the Browns looking good with Baker Mayfield. Anything else that you take from preseason week one?
1: well i have to look at the new england detroit 31 to 3 new england victory where they hold detroit to 21 passing yards i got to tell you russ i don't adjust my power ratings typically based upon a week 1 <laughs> preseason game it, it would be very rare that it would be other than a week 3 preseason where you know that that matters more but um that that's disturbing if you're a lions fan and certainly impressive on the new england side And, um, of course, I'm watching Haskins for Washington and the fact he threw two bad interceptions. That's not a good sign for um, the Redskins, considering he's probably going to play a lot of games. So those were two big takeaways.
0: All right, so let's move on to preseason week two. And I'm already sensing, just because I know you, we've been doing this show long enough, I'm already sensing that you may have some thoughts as it relates to both the Jaguars and the Detroit Lions, at least, in preseason week two?
1: Yeah, I would certainly look to back those teams. And be, you know, because of the horrible performances, you know, at the top of the board, Jacksonville is laying three against Philly. And I got to tell you, I'm not eager to be laying points in preseason. I want a team that's getting points. So because I know Jacksonville was embarrassed but I don't think I'm going to get there having to play them as chalk. So because of that, it is probably going to be a pass on that game. And let's face it, the Eagles did not play well themselves. So uh, the spot's not necessarily good either.
0: That's interesting. So even though you think Foles will play, and even though for the Eagles there's it seems like a decent chance it'll just be Cody Kessler and Clayton Thorson, you're still not willing to lay the three points
1: can play Jacksonville second half. I think, I think, um, you know, but the problem is Jacksonville's quarterback rotation is lousy. So, um, I think I'm going to stay away.
0: Got it. All right. What about the lions?
1: So the lions Saturday night are playing at Houston and the line is three and a half. And what about the lions? You know, normally when a team gets crushed on the scoreboard, I'm looking to back them but this may be the case where they were just so horrendous. It's going to be difficult for me to do. I'm going to have to do a little more research about what the heck happened. Now, the Lions, did. They, they, I believe, I'm sorry, I haven't finished my work yet. They're, one of their um, quarterbacks got hurt in the game, I believe.
0: Yes, Tom Savage got hurt, and so they signed Josh Johnson, who I would expect them to try to get him up to speed and get decent amount of playing time. That does go back to... You're betting preseason football a little bit because he can run, you know. So Johnson's a guy that can run a little bit, but you know I think he's going to end up being the backup for the team. So they're going to probably want to give him a lot of reps, get him up to speed. Meanwhile, conversely, Steve Matthew Stafford is now not actually um, throwing that much. They they've pulled back on his reps, which is not really a good sign either.
1: Yeah, so because of those problems, um, again, it's too early in the week for me to do the work, but um, I will, um, you know, and Houston, you know, absolutely um, put up a lot of points late in their game last week, and Houston lost, so ideally I want a team that got embarrassed playing a team that won the week before, and when I'm playing two teams that both lost, I don't have that motivational edge that I would have if I had a loser against a team that
0: won. Anything else on the week two board stand out at you? You've got Gase and the Jets going against the Falcons. We know about that. The Falcons are laying a point and a half, even though they never win preseason games.
1: Yeah, you know, what's interesting about the Falcons is that they're 0-2 in preseason, and both their games obviously came down to the very end and they should have won the Hall of Fame game, and they could have won against Miami. You know, the Falcons, Ross, I don't know if you saw this, fourth and long, I think from their own 18 tie game, under two minutes to play, they went for it. That's why they lost by seven last week. So they haven't been as bad as their results have shown. I'm probably going to stay away.
0: Did you see that Bruce Arians went for two to try to tie the preseason game?
1: I, I did. You know, what's interesting I want to back up on this because um, of course you have to go for two, you know, you you're down two at the end of the game and there's like an uproar. Wow, you know, this game could go overtime like it's like it's like some, there's some horrible horrible situation that a game would go overtime and teams would have to play one or two more series. Um it's almost like the pendulum has swung so far, Ross, that coaches didn't even realize. Eh, all things being equal, let's avoid overtime in preseason to the point of, oh, there's going to be an epic meltdown if there's a if there's an overtime game. I got to ask you. I mean, I understand. Hey, you got everything scripted. How many plays everyone's going to play? But is it really that big a deal to have your 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 backup to the backups play a couple more series?
0: No, I don't think it is. I think you're right. I think the issue is. They don't want those guys getting hurt because then they got to pay them. (laughs) You know, I mean, most of those guys are going to get cut. So if they get hurt and they got to pay them on IR, they don't want that for that reason. I would actually argue that's actually my argument, Steve, for having keeping the four preseason games is you know they don't have two days anymore, and there's no NFL Europe, so it's like these games are the only chance for the Ross Tuckers of the world to really show what they can do and show that they deserve a spot on the roster, the practice squad or whatever. So you're right about the overtime part of it, I think. What about taking a look at some of these other games, Steve? Anything else on the week two preseason board jump out at you? Raiders, Cardinals, obviously a lot of Raiders stuff in the news this Antonio Brown stuff, Steve. I mean, look, I still I'm writing about it for my column at the Athletic this week. I still think he'll play and all that, but it's just not not real encouraging when you when you think about it for the Raiders this season.
1: You know, there's a lot of reasons to be bearish on Antonio Brown before all this. So, I have him as my number 8 rated wide receiver um he, uh, two years ago, he went for 1,500 yards. Last year, just 1,250. His yards per catch was down. So, based on all advanced metrics, he was not as good last year as he had been. And that makes sense. Wide receivers do tend to start declining when they are at age 29, age 30. And now, instead of having Big Ben throwing to him, he's got Carr throwing to him. So, he loses a top 10 quarterback, and he brings in a guy that's not even in my top 20. So, um I won't be surprised if his kids keep asking him all year. You know, where's Roethlisberger? <laughs> and now with all these distractions on top of it, um, you got to wonder if he really wants to be there. And you got to wonder about the whole, you know, camp culture. And here's a guy. Oh, look at me! I'm going to arrive in a hot air balloon, but I don't even want to play necessarily. I I do get a, a kick out of the helmets where the NFL won't let him wear. You know, the the old helmet that's not authorized. Ross, remember in hockey, I believe when they put the helmets in for hockey players, they let the guy, they grandfathered in the guys, and you could play without one. I, I believe so. Um, maybe maybe the NFL should grandfather in poor AB and let him use his old helmet.
0: No, you're right. You're you're right about that. Anything else do we that we need to talk about preseason week two before we get to a question or two? Any other line? Anything else that you that jumps out to you?
1: Well, in general, I like the play I mentioned it. zero and one teams playing one and O teams and there's only three of them, I believe. So I'm disappointed in that. And I got to be honest, none of the three are all that appealing to me to go ahead and back. So um, nothing stood out as a bet that I, I, I need to immediately make. I will say one that I'm looking at that I'm surprised by is just that, you know, I look at the Dallas Rams game and the total on that game is 43 and a half in one location. Um, that sure seems odd to me, considering how the Rams just don't seem to care whether they score any points, and had no offense last week. So that was a, sure looked like a high total to me.
0: So one of the things I love about the show, as you know, Steve, is when our listeners ask you questions whether it's somebody that signs up to be a patron at patreon.com slash rtmedia or someone who just takes advantage of any of our sponsors or whatever, just rates and reviews the shows, really just contributes in any way. You can ask Steve any question you want. Just email me, ross at rostucker.com. We even sometimes have listeners that are sponsors, Steve, which is amazing. How about our guy Chris Aranchik? He's the one that created Steakhouse Sports, which is a new kind of fantasy football pick'em game that caters to the thinking fan. Instead of just picking the winners or picking against the spread, you predict the score, which, let's face it, you were doing in your head anyway. And when you predict the score, you're picking the winner against the spread and the over-under all at the same time. So Steakhouse Sports... Gives you three ways to earn points every game. Plus, if you want to make your predictions a little more interesting, and since you're listening to the Even Money Podcast, we're guessing you do, you can wager units on the spreads or the totals just like Ross and Steve do every week. There will be an Even Money pool you can join. You can go head-to-head with me and Steve to see how you stack up. Go to SteakhouseSports.com to download the app for Android or iPhone today. S-T-A-K-E, housesports.com. Not steak like porterhouse or filet mignon steak, like steak, S-T-A-K-E. We got another email question, Steve, from Bob Blake. He wants to know what your worst bad beat was over the years, and likewise, what was your best out-of-nowhere win? Thanks, as always.
1: Okay, well, I've got a recency bias in my memory. So I had a stone cold, look like it was going to be a sure winner in the CFL last week. I had the Montreal game under, I bet, under 52 and a half. And it's 17 to 10, midway through the third quarter. There's been four consecutive punts, and it's, it's going to go under, Ross. And I see, oh, now there's a weather delay. And I'm like, great. You know, the bad weather has materialized. That's going to help me. And it's not like this game started, you know, really late. So I look at my um, weather reports. It looks, it looks like, oh, going to be, you know, uh, precipitation is going to go down to t- like 10% here in a couple hours. So I said, they'll start it up like in 90 minutes. And then a couple hours later, what's this? My bet has been graded. And it's been graded as a push. So they suspended the game. It did not finish. So the suspension cost me the game and because of weather so instead of winning i pushed although i i I heard that there was once as far as one of the greatest bad beats of all time i heard that there was a minor league game in arizona that had gone way over the total and it was a day game and for whatever reason that venue didn't have lights and it was so high scoring it got to the top of the ninth inning and it was dusk and they discontinued the game because they would not, um, concern about the players being able to see the ball properly. So that game got graded as a no wager, essentially a rainout, if you will, in Arizona on a perfectly clear night. So, um, bad beats everywhere. Luckiest win I once laid, Kansas City minus three and a half, um, had parlays everywhere on them because, um, I played a bunch of parlay cards, and that was a Monday night game. I thought the line was going to go up against the Chargers, and it didn't. So I was stuck. I was naked on Kansas City minus 3.5. And, and in overtime, Tamarick Vanover ran a punt back 89 yards for a touchdown in overtime, so that was easily my luckiest win.
0: Wow. Wow, that is – that's awesome. That's amazing. It's funny, you have like – like I don't remember – um you know, mine from the last few years that much. I I, I guess I just kind of move on to the next week, but you have like an encyclopedic knowledge. I mean, don't, didn't you say like you have like 50 to a hundred bets every NFL Sunday, and yet you remember all of these that closely?
1: You know, I I, I have gotten older, so I don't remember them nearly as well. And I got to be honest, there are times where I'll be going through my tickets and I'll I'll, I'll see this ticket and I'll be like, I don't even remember betting that. Did this win? You know, it's like um, because of the incredible volume. Um, I will say, you know, as far as bad beats, I remember like in Super Bowls. I'm not going to get into all the details, but I bet that the game was going to land odd, and I had a huge bet on it. This was when Peyton Manning was playing. against uh, the saints. And so the saints were up seven and Manning was driving his team and he threw a pick six. So they lost by 14. And there's basically like almost no way that game was going to land on an even number. So that was, you know, more when I think about bad beats, it's improbable that I lose and it costs me a ton of money. So um, that was, that one certainly stung, but I got to be honest with more and more product being offered. I am having larger and larger amounts of bets um, per week, mostly because of the fantasy football aspect that um, you know prop bets on players um, all over the place. Um, typically, those are the bets I'm making on Sunday morning.
0: Steve, you're the man. That was awesome. I am loving that we are getting closer and closer to actual real NFL games. And I'm also loving that we're placing some bets and giving you guys some tips now during the preseason. Make the games a little bit more interesting. You can do it, of course, at betonline.ag using the promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% welcome bonus, five We've got college football games in 12 days. 12 days, real live college football games to count that you can bet on at betonline.ag using the promo code Podcast one for the 50% welcome bonus. Please, please, please keep those emails coming because I love them. I love your emails. Yes, I do. Your questions for Steve, because they're questions I don't even think to ask, but I should. Ross at Ross dot com after you take advantage of any of the sponsors you hear on any of the shows or if you want to just sign up to be a patron because you love the shows patreon.com slash RT media or if you just make a purchase on Amazon there's a lot of different ways dudes I'm telling you lot oh different o ways yeah I'm starting to lose it all right good luck everybody hope you guys win some money